Hey, Regen, my name is Dave. I have a new life in Christ and I'm recovering from PTSD, pornography, and trying to find comfort in alcohol. It's good to be with you tonight. I need to be here. I need to be with you. Uh, My wife and I have this argument occasionally. It goes something like this. Uh, I usually will begin by telling her, I loved you first. And then she'll respond, no, I loved you first. And we go back and forth. We've been married now 35 years and we actually met in middle school. And to me, it was love at first sight. And I always make that case. And she said, well, you were so shy. I didn't know it. And then I say, yeah, but I was the guy who called you on the phone. We used to have phones that you hold like this. I called you on the, there was a string coming out of it too. I called you on the phone and I asked you to go with me. And when you said yes, then I said, thank you. And I hung up and uh, she said, yes, but you wouldn't have done that if I hadn't flirted with you that brought you to that point. So we go back and forth and we finally can come to one point of agreement. And that is her older brother, my friend told her before I ever met her, this is the man you're going to marry. So Uh, there's debate about who began our relationship, but as we look at the Bible, there's absolutely no debate whatsoever as to who began and who initiated our relationship with God. If you're here tonight and you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible makes it very clear. It wasn't as if you came to your senses someday and you turned to God, having ignored him before. It's that God chose you. God loved you. God initiated a relationship with you. God even gave you the faith to believe and trust in him. That's who we are. That's our identity. Our identity is so important when we think through what it means to be in recovery. And we began last week looking at a passage in the New Testament letter of Ephesians, beginning in chapter one, verse three. Uh, It's a a single sentence, believe this or not, a single sentence that covers 11 different verses. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at seven different angles of our identity in Jesus. If you're here tonight, and you are a follower of Jesus, you've come to that place in your spiritual journey where you've stopped trying to do life on your own and you've trusted entirely in him. According to the Bible, not only do you have a new life in Christ, you have a brand new identity. And last week we saw that we were blessed. Two dimensions that will govern the rest of our conversation. Uh, The identity we have has been earned by Jesus and the identity we have is enriched by God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us and he pours out all the blessings in the heavenly realm to us. Tonight, I want to talk a little bit about what does it mean when we say we are chosen? It's an intimidating concept. A lot of theological debate around that. I just want to open up the Bible together and look plainly at what it means. So if you have a Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter one. We're going to look at verses three and four. If you don't have a Bible, we'll project the text behind me. If you would like a Bible, let me or anyone else on our staff or among our leaders know, and we will make sure to get you a copy of the Bible. Listen to this, Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Focus in on verse 4. Here we go. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. I want you to focus in on this. The first couple of words from verse 4. He, God, chose us. That's how this relationship began. God chose us. He pursued us. He won us over and he has plans for us. That's his path. Now this is incredibly important because if it's true that he chose us and according to the Bible, that is true, then it means that two things are good and true about us. Number one, we can have security because anything God chooses to do, he's able of doing, he's capable of doing. God does as he pleases and he was pleased to choose us and there's nothing that can stand in the way of that. 
The other thing is we, we live with humility because we didn't choose God. God Almighty chose us, and it gives us this lifestyle of humility. Now, three things I want you to see that are focused on here that I think have everything to do with recovery. First is the who part. Who chose us and how did it work? God the Father chose us in him. The him is referring to Jesus. The Bible teaches that God is a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father chose us to be forever in him, him being God the Son. That means the very aspect of him choosing us was relational. It practically means if you're a follower of Jesus, there never will be a time for the rest of eternity when you're separated from Jesus. You are in him and he is in you. Which brings me to my first point. What difference does this make in our lives today? Glad you asked. Here it is. First thing I want you to think about is this. Because we are relationally secure, we can humbly love God. Because we are relationally secure, we can humbly love God. My daughter, one of my four daughters recently applied with her husband to be foster parents. And we were going through the process of learning what it might be to be foster grandparents. And I began to ask her, like, what does this mean for me and Kara? How does this work? What can we do? Can we do things with them that we do with our other grandkids? And she said, dad, you need to be careful here because some of the kids that we're going to perhaps have in our home, they won't know how to love you. And I said, why why is that? She said, because They're not necessarily children who have been wanted in their own homes, loved in their own homes, and therefore they won't be able to love because they haven't first been loved. That's true in our relationship with God. God chose us so that ultimately we might choose him. God loved us and initiated love towards us that we might love him in return. I have a friend and I love the way he prays. When you get that point in your prayer, you know, you're right at the end and right before you say in Jesus' name, you remember how you always pause and say, God, we love you. He always says, we love you too. Meaning like you loved us first and in response, I just want you to know, Father, we love you too. We wouldn't love you if you didn't love us, but because you have loved us, we are free to love you. Do you love God tonight? If you're here as a follower of Jesus, it's because God chose you and God chose you because he loves you and he loves you with all the love and acceptance and affection he has for his son, Jesus, and that's how much he loves you. Now, when did this happen? When was it that God chose me? Did he choose me once I got through Regen and I got my life together? Absolutely not. Look at when this all happened. He chose us in him, verse four, before the foundation of the world. Wow. Before there even was a world created, God chose us. That's unbelievable. That means that God chose us unconditionally. God didn't merely look down the corridor of time and see who's going to respond to me. Well, let me beat them to the punch. I'll choose them first. God chose us before we could do anything to merit his choice. He chose us unconditionally. He chose us before the foundation of the world. What does that mean practically? Here's the second thing I want you to think about tonight. Because we are eternally secure, if he chose us in eternally, eternity past, he's going to see us all the way through to the end. Because we are eternally secure, We can humbly trust God. We don't have to be driven by circumstances. In many ways, we can transcend time. Why? Because God does, and God has chosen us, and God sees us through the lens of panoramic view that transcends all time and space. You ever have a dry season spiritually? Maybe that's why you're here tonight. 
You ever have times in your spiritual life where you're just not feeling it? I remember my senior year in high school, I had a bad case of senioritis, not only with school, but spiritually. Not sure what was going on or why it happened, but I just checked out in my relationship with Jesus. And I came to the end of that year and all of a sudden I realized how far I had drifted away, how distant I was. In that moment though, you know what I realized? I could trust him because he transcends time. He chose me in eternity past. There was nothing in me that was winsome. There was nothing in me that merited his favor. He chose me because he is God and that's what he wanted to do. And therefore I can trust him. Do you trust him tonight? Maybe you're in a rough season. Maybe you're suffering in a way that's unspeakable and and you've lost sight of God. You can trust him. Maybe you're here tonight. Your life is so broken. You don't even know how to make sense of it. You can trust him. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, you can trust him. Maybe the question is arising in your mind. I'm not a follower of Jesus. How do I know whether God chose me or not? I would argue that the reason you're here tonight is because God chose you. And he's slowly but winsomely drawing you to himself. Would you trust in Jesus tonight? Now, why did God do this? Last thing, and we'll wrap up here. Why would God do this? Look at the key word that. Why did God choose us? That we should be holy and blameless before him. That when all is said and done, God has great purpose for our life. He is going to present us to himself as holy and blameless. Holy means we're set apart for God's purpose. Blameless means we are without blemish or without sin. I don't know about you, but that's not where I am tonight. How do I understand this? Here's the last thing I want you to see. How does this have anything to do with our recovery? Here's how. Because we are positionally secure, we have a future position that God is guaranteeing. And that is we're going to be before him forever, holy and blameless. Because we are positionally secure, we can humbly hope in God. I want you to have hope tonight. Maybe you're here and you're struggling. Maybe you're here and you're despairing tonight. Maybe you're here and say, Dave, if you knew the things I did and things I haven't told anybody about, then you would know along with me there's no hope. Oh, there's hope. Follower of Jesus, there's hope for you tonight. God is the author of this project start to finish and God is ultimately gonna see it through so that someday you and I together will be before Jesus. No more sin, no more suffering, no more struggle. We will be conformed into his image, presented to God as a gift. What about when you really blow it? Quite a few years ago, I did something I'm really ashamed of to this day. We had just welcomed our third daughter into our home. Kara was tired. She went to bed early. The kids were all asleep. I was up late at night and I ordered a pornographic movie. Watched it for a little bit. Thought I don't really want to watch this any longer. Began to be ashamed and I thought, all I have to do is I got to get to the mailbox first when the cable bill comes to make sure my wife doesn't see the bill. I forgot about it. She picked up the bill. She saw the movie. She called me out and I lied about it. And she spent hours trying to get it taken off our bill, a movie that I'd actually seen. And finally I came clean. I told her what I had done. I was so ashamed. Betrayed her trust. Hurt the God who loved me dearly, sinned greatly against him. And I thought, what hope do I have? Where do I go from? It was even a pastor at the time. How does a pastor do something like that? Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? Here's what I'm supposed to do. I hope in God. 
God forgives, God frees. God is ultimately going to present us to himself as a gift. And in that day when he finally does, guess who we're gonna be? We're gonna be holy people. We're gonna be blameless people. Let me ask you tonight, do you have hope in God? There's hope for you in Jesus. One of the things we love to do here every week is we love to hear different stories of different people who have uh, been through Regen and are actually leading. Tonight, we're going to hear a story of hope and we're gonna hear about what God has done in one woman's life. As a matter of fact, she has a whole cheering section with her tonight. I want to invite up Allison Cooper, who's going to share what Jesus has done in her life. Will you welcome her with me? 